Welcome to Spraymakers, the podcast where Rossi and Trent dive deep into the world of water skiing. In this third installment of listener-inspired questions, the boys touch on fear and mental blocks in skiing, as well as zero off and its impact. Lastly, they touch on getting the best swing into the buoy. One that stood out real quick, uh, Scoot1123 on Ball of Spray. He said, um, maybe to expand on another post, breaking through the mental block of a of fear going through the wakes with speed. You know, like yeah. you see that a lot. And I think, you know, I think it's a it's a good topic because if you can't get through the wakes solidly it's very hard to progress in the sport and um and it is and it's a real definitive part of the learning curve too right like i mean it's something that everyone has to address and then but once you address it it's like it just goes away i mean you know what i mean it's not one of those like what once you've once you've figured out what is required um that fear disappears immediately Exactly. Exactly. You know, I mean, what, what pop just, just immediately popped in my head is that I'm, I'm, I'm addressing this issue from the very first time I ski mm-hmm. with a beginner skier. Yeah. me too. You know what I mean? Like my, my, my rules, not rules, my, my saying and my kids saying, and anybody that's spent any time around me with, with young kids or, or people just learning my three statements, arms straight, arms straight, have fun. Like literally that is addressing your stance on your ski and making sure that you're not tense. You're, you're more relaxed. That that's what that statement is to kids and things like that. They just think arms straight and have fun and laugh, but it really does like, I mean, so anyway, why, I guess, I guess I'm not painting a great picture for the people, for the listeners here, but really, um, you know, if you're in the right position over your ski, going through the wakes is not it's not a jump. It's not this massive Mm -hmm. buckle. It's not this load. It's, it is, it's like form over function or wait, function over form. I don't know. Anyway, the point. No, you're right. Form over function. Yeah. You nailed it. You know, it's just, just like, but I think when we first start going through the wakes, the first thing that I see, like, you know, and I'm, when I'm saying like, okay, you learn to get up on your ski. Now you're out there. Now you're trying to figure out this wobbly, skinny stick that you're going hella fast on. And how the heck do I get through those two bumps behind the boat? That's got that prop wash. And you know, you start the, the first thing you start seeing people do is edge. Cause they can make a turn. They can fall into their turn and they make a great edge. And then what do they do? Stand up go through the wakes, lean again, stand up, make a turn, repeat. And I yeah. think that in some ways people, you know, what they do is they just progress with that mentality all the way through without realizing that they never went back and adjusted how they go through the wakes. Yes. So anyway, long, long-winded, long-winded deal on that. What would you say to, what would you t- say to Scoot on this one? Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm the same as you. It's, excuse me. It's something I'm addressing from the, from the moment where we're getting going on this thing. So the wakes are a challenge when you're getting bounced and you're going to get bounced like just simply from an imbalance, you know, there, there's something, and you painted a really good picture people that like to cut into the first wake and then they, they, they maybe pull their arms in, drop their center of mass a little bit, get into more of a, just think of a, like a defensive kind of drawing inward, a defensive stance for a moment. And all that's doing is flattening your ski up a little bit and it's, and it's taking your momentum and it's moving in the opposite direction. So you're actually, I mean, you know, you're kind of leaning back into the, into the wakes and you are, you're, you're, you're letting it serve as a ramp, you know, people that, and it's the same 
and then even if you, if you excuse me if you fast forward you know up the the learning curve and and you have a skier that just dreads dreads getting a brand x boat at a tournament they're like oh man at 22 off this thing just it derails my whole set and you know and i'm gonna give them the same advice it's well you know you're going to be able to navigate those that bump a heck of a lot easier if you're balanced so for me the hierarchy is is one is is structural alignment and that's can be said a lot of different ways that's your stack that's simply you know, your hips are over your ankles, your shoulders are over your hips, um, your body is in that nice straight line. And then, and then the second one that I talk about, or sort of like sort of step two of, of this hierarchy is, is then rope alignment, meaning, you know, that the, that the center of your body being, you know, if you're cutting to the left, that's going to be your right hip. That's that right hip is, is in line with the line of the rope. So those two things, you know, structural balance and rope alignment, that's going to give you the most control and allow you to just keep your momentum swinging into the wakes. As soon as you, as soon as you make that defensive move, that's when you're going to get in trouble. Oof. I mean, yeah, I'm psyched. I think that's, I think that's a great picture you just painted for people. Uh, my, my comments jumping in on that would be that you know, we want to have success that, that compounds, right? Like, so, so we've talked about this before and we're just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to beat it up, but you, you have to have a system in place. And so if that is your, if that's your, if you're having this issue and a lot of people do, then this is your focus for not one set, not one week. This is going to be your focus for a year, two, three, four, because Mm -hmm. if you can't handle generating the speed uh, through, through the wakes, then that, that speed is what gives you space and time before the next buoy. So, you know, when you get to that, when you get to those passes where you just feel like you're chasing the boat and everything's happening too fast, we need to actually get better at building speed into the center line. So we can, we can actually create some, some time or space or comfort level, at least coming into buoys. So for me, you know, when I'm, when I'm, yes, I want to do exactly what you were just talking about. And I think that putting your goal or your focus as being, when you get done your set, it's not how many buoys did I run and it's not how fast did I go. It's how many of my cuts did I build trust in? How many cuts did I think about, are, you know, my arms being straight and my body being over my feet? Like not yeah. did this translate to more buoys? I think people just immediately justify how they're skiing by buoy count. And, and, you know, we've talked about this in the past that that's a, that's a, it, you know, if you go to a tournament, yes, that's, that's how it works. Cause that's, that's the one day that you're there. But the way I view a tournament is that it's, a, it's my checks and balances. How well did yeah. I do what I've been working on? How well did my system work? You know, how well did I stick with it? Where did I, where did I do it well? And where did I not? So that's one real, one thing that I just want people to understand is that you've got, this is a, this is, you're not talking about a quick fix. Trent and I do not talk that way. We talk about, you know, the, the, the 30,000 foot view, the, Mm. it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle, right? Like this is, so you've got to commit to, to this and then you've got to have your accountability and checks and balances. So that's number one. Number two, most of us don't finish our turns. Perfect. 
we tend to suck the rope in in some way by either rotating our upper body or handle to the chest or getting slack or any of these things. And I think one of the things that really helps to set up great weight crossings is, yes, that's going to happen. The moment that you do suck rope, what you're really trying to do is find where the rope comes tight. The moment you find that place where the rope comes tight, the next motion has to be release the tension in your arms and allow your body to work back away from the handle where your hip can come up to the handle or whatever, however you want to view that, but not staying in that contracted bent arm struggle out of the turn because you have very little pull on your body at that point. And as you enter and the closer and closer you can closer, you get to the wakes, the more power the boat has on you. So if you're already in a compromised position coming in, you're going to be in a, a much more heavily compromised position right at that moment where you do have those wakes where the boat does have a lot of power in relation to you. And so I just think that that's, that's the thing that you really have to understand is finish your turn and then allow yourself to fall into that, that good lean. It's not, it's never in a bicep move. Biceps will never help you go through the wakes. If anything, I basically want your biceps to be, uh, dis disengaged, you know, allow yeah, yourself, yeah, allow yourself to just be in a lean. One of the things that really keyed in when I heard you speak was, um, you know, like, when you're when people are going through the wakes and they do bend their arms you were talking about that 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 raises you up and i think a lot of people confuse bending your arms and pulling with being stronger yeah and if you actually just look at it you're pulling against something that has 350 horsepower 409 horsepower whatever it is there's no way that that we're going to be able to do anything that manipulates these boats so by bending your arm you're not pulling the boat backwards. The boat's pulling you more vertically upwards. If your body moves upward over the top of your ski, then your ski's on less edge. If your ski's on less edge, then it's going to hit those wakes with more surface area hitting that actual wake. So imagine a butter knife hitting a stick of butter flat, right? It just goes smack and it, yeah, it goes into it a little bit, but it just kind of stops and there's a, there is a, like a, a smacking sensation, right? Yeah. If you turn that knife on edge and you smack that piece of butter, it goes right through it. So that's what we got to think about is not, not how hard you want to go through the wakes, not how, it's not desire. It's not, you know, uh, the amount of work that you put in it's, can you get your ski on edge? And can you get that pressure off your upper body so that you're not in this compromised position? So yeah, that was fun. Yeah. That was fun. That that's a that's a that was more than I thought we were going to get into well, with that. Yeah, one, and but. and you know, and I made the comment. Um, you know, like, as soon as that fear is gone, the, the, sort of the issue is gone, and th and that is that's yes and no. I mean, as soon as you find that balance, yes, the fear will be gone. But kind of like you had said or you had alluded to, like this. I mean, this idea of of balance and momentum and structure. I mean, that's. I mean, that's still. My thought process every single set even today so um that fear will go away as soon as you find balance and for if i was going to go just straight mechanical cues i would be hey stand nice and tall keep your weight on your toes keep your chest facing more towards the pylon so you have equal pressure in both arms and i mean that you'll find that balance point and, and when you get it it feels less like like you're cutting and it feels more like just exactly that, that you're just simply balancing behind the load or balancing through the load. 
I probably only have five cuts in a year that get scary. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. That could be more, could be less depending on the year. But I mean, that those are, it's not part of the deal now. Yeah. Edge changing coming into buoy. There's a lot of other places that there's a lot of that, a lot of stuff going on. But, but <laughs> once you, once you decide, once you understand how to stand on your ski and what you're trying to do with the boat, what we've kind of given you the few keys that we've given you here today should, should start to open those doors. And then obviously you can go back. These, these last two seasons have so many tidbits in them for structure stance stack, however you want to look at it, but you, you got to commit to the process. I mean, and that, that's, that's just going to be the reoccurring theme. There is no one little tip that you're going to hear that just fixes everything. It's that's it's, if it was that easy, we'd all be, we'd all be running 41. It's just not. So, yeah, <laughs> but that, but that also, I try to tell my kids this, like it wouldn't, this wouldn't even be fun if we were all just wicked good at it. It, mm-hmm. it would be, it'd be different. So, so enjoy the process, uh, you know, embrace it and make, you know, make us create a system that works for you and, and commit to it and then reevaluate at the end of a season and decide how my system worked. So, yep. All right, let's move on. Let's move on so we can make sure we get okay. some more in here, you know? <clears throat> all right. We, uh, we, we got one. This one was kind of interesting to me because, um, this is just, again, this is a question that I get, especially with people that, that are, I'm, newly skiing with, I get this question a lot is it came from, um, like a Todd L and, and it was without, you know, going verbatim, it was along the lines of, um, do you use different zero off settings for different scenarios or different situations? And, and if you were to move when, you know, when would that be and why? And, um, and this one, I think, I feel like this is, this one's a little bit divisive because there's people that adamantly feel one way or the other, and you know, and then there's, few people right in the middle being like, I don't care. Just put it on something B ish. I don't really care. But what, um, what, what about how, this, what's your stance on that then? Do you, this, this, this totally, this totally, sorry for cutting you off. No, I thought you were already there. So then, then I, now I, now I don't feel good about it, but <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> Look, man, this is the same, this, this is like the same question to me as, do you adjust your ski or do you adjust your skiing? And so there are people who never touch their ski and they fix their, their skiing through, through, you know, how they approach their techniques. And then there's other people who try to adjust themselves into the perfect setup that helps them run more buoys. And there's probably in my mind, it's probably the middle ground there. That's really important. Yeah. So I think that's a really good thing. I'm you, if you want, you want my take on this. Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I so what, what do you what care. what do you run? Do you have a go to? Like you must have something you use almost every time, or maybe literally every time. Well, I I uh, I used to use B two. Yeah. Why did I use B two? Well, it seems like the middle ground. Yeah. And you know, I was a big big fan of Perfect Pass. I ran a lot of buoys with it, and you know, I experimented it when it first came out and. I don't know whether I'm just not that sensitive or whatever, but I, I, I think there's very little nuance between everything. I think I also am quick to adjust. So anyway, and you probably use the boat less. I mean, sorry, you probably battle the boat less. I like, I find, I find the skiers that seem like they battle the boat more are the ones that are really sensitive to a, um, settings, B boat manufacturers and C 
um, the differences between ropes. You know? Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. So, I, 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 I think you should figure out what what feels comfortable for you, yeah. and I think that's how I go. I mean, yeah, so both, don't so so then don't be afraid to explore a little bit and see if you can feel a difference. Yeah. No, I, I think you should you should explore. Uh, I think so too. You and, can't and be I, changing your setups during that time. Yeah. You can't be changing your driver during that time. And you can even do it in in the in the course of one set. You know what I mean? You know, I, I find think like that's on, your, on a on a medium pass for you, not your hardest pass, not your easiest pass. Maybe you know, run four of them. Do one at you know A one, one at B two, one at C three. So and let, let's just and again, accountability is everything. It, when you because that's what I always say when it comes to fin settings. Don't do not go looking to make your ski do something different. If you all you're trying to do is facilitate your own change. So for for just for clarification. Um, a, B, and C, if you just think of it in its simplest sense, C is going to have the ability to gas you the soonest, meaning the closest to the finish of the turn, and then it's going to get progressively further away, B and A. And then if you just want to think of one, two, three as just your potential max RPM swing. So three is going to have the you know the, the ability to gas you harder and come off you more aggressively, uh, where one is going to be the opposite end of the spectrum. And I, and I think people always ask me that. I'm like, well, as long as you understand what it does, then you're free to make your own decision. I, you know, I have recommendations, but, um, they, um, they're, they're, they're kind of like, they're, they're almost seem fashionable where certain letters are kind of the status quo and they sort of, they sort of progress or they evolve. Um, I think you're right though. Like, you know, whatever feels comfortable to you and then, then you've got to stick to it. Like, cause, cause you'll hear, you'll get to a tournament and you'll hear, you know, people say, you know, brand X only works on this setting. And I'm like, well, that's, there's, there's no way that's true. Um, so where, did you end up sticking as a B2 person or is there, a, is there a, so back to Todd's question, is there ever a scenario when, when you would change? Nowadays, I don't have that scenario. Uh, I can tell you in a open nationals, in mm-hmm. early, I don't know, let's just say 2012, kind of back in that zone, I skied a lot with Nautiques and Mastercrafts at that time. And um, I did not have very many of my training partners that, I didn't have any training partners that I skied with consistently, I guess, that, or maybe it was 2010 or ish or so. But anyway, I didn't have a, I didn't have uh, as many opportunities to ski behind a Malibu, and at that time, I felt like the Nautique and Mastercraft I skied just fine with the same settings. But every time I went to a Malibu at that time, Malibu is a great boat. I have, you know, I, I think all the boats are awesome. But I at that time I had this little nuance where I felt like at my hardest passes the Malibu was always running into the buoy. And so, so I wanted to, which made me feel like it needed more juice. And so that's the only time in my life, one, one set ever, I went from B2, which is what I ran on the other boats. And I skied down the lake at nationals and it felt like a, it felt so squishy and I needed some, I needed some more juice off the buoy that I went to C2 and okay. went out and went Logical. out and yeah. And so did it. And I was like, well, that worked. Now I would, I would highly not recommend it, but 
doing that in a tournament without being a, a very high level skier, because it does change things just enough that if you're not ready for it, it could, could hurt you. So practice like that kind of stuff is, is what I would say. But in general, I've never gone back and, and really had to do that. I just try to adjust my own skiing. There's, I mean, think about it this way. We, we have so much variation in how much sleep we get, how much recovery we, recover, recovery we have, our mental state going in and out of this, you know, like, are you in the zone? Are you close? Are you not even, you know, like how much stuff's going on in your life? I mean, we are, we're the variable that's probably the, the biggest variable. So anyway, my quick, quick on that would just be, and you asked me a question right now I'm running a two. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the, it's the trendy thing to do. So, <laughs> I'm serious. No, I know you're Don't not. Don't ask wrong. me I why I, I'm literally, I did a two. Cause I was like, you know what? Everybody else is running it. I'll, I actually will give you my insight. I'm running a two because I figure they probably have the most amount of knowledge and time spent tweaking A2. Yeah. And that could be a total lie. That could be a total lie. Like in but, in my mind, like, and I've sort of clung, sort of, uh, you know, I've sort of stuck to this idea. In my in my mind, I, I feel like if you're running the best lines or, or, or the best lines I can run, I feel like A1 is, is going gonna, is gonna to match that the best, you know, if I'm using my own speed and using, you know, this, this momentum I'm creating early at the apex and, and, and running my own speed through the turn, not looking for, for boat support, then I'm like, okay, a one is that's, that's my ideal. Um, I run C1 in tournaments. I run C1 95% <laughs> of my sets because I'm like, okay, I'm, if I'm and in my mind, I'm like, okay, cause I, you know, if I'm going to get on it too early, like, like I have a tendency to do, I want that support before I fall into too much of a lean out of, out of one ball and out of three ball. Um, and, and I'll only, as I start skiing really, really well, I'll, I'll, I'll evolve to a one for a month, you know, so I can, and like, I feel like I can feel like a, like a longer, more powerful swing from the center line out. But I mean, I'm C1 in tournament, every boat, every driver, every country, every rope, I mean, it's just, you know, again, like I want to control my variables. You know, you get that argument. Well, C is great for brand X, but for boat brand Y, it doesn't work. And I'm like, well, that's, that's, you you know, that's ludicrous. That makes no sense. Maybe you don't like it, but it, it's still, it's still under the same, you know, pre-programmed parameters in terms of timing and, and, um, and RPM. So anyway yeah. um yeah don't be afraid of don't be afraid of, to, to explore a little bit but again don't don't go looking for a a fix you all you're trying to do is just find a find a, a rhythm that elicits the movements that you want to make <laughs> i love that analogy i, I want to be a1 but i'm i'm c1 <laughs> before you even said that i was like i was i was going to try to interrupt and say well then I, maybe i need to be c3 plus i'm not sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, hey, we're all working towards that. You can see the difference. Yeah. I'd say that I'd say the more, yeah, I think you you summed it up really good. The more that you uh, fight the boat, meaning the more load you're putting on out of the turn, the more you're reliant on the rope. You know, the more you're aggressively attacking. I think the your letters are going to go up and your numbers are going to go up. And I think mm-hmm. that's a really good way of the way you explain that and the and the. And the more you allow things to happen 
and and that you're 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 evolving your technique and you're getting more efficient and you need less support from the boat then your a's and your a's and your a1s and things like that are probably going to be more preferable to you so yeah yeah anyway yeah i mean on c so when i go see i can tell you when i go see on uh, on my day-to-day boat yeah. right right as my outside hand is coming back to the handle i feel like i have to rush to get it on because the handle's starting to go yeah. so i have to just rush that last like millisecond to get my hand on it feels like i'm going to miss the handle because it's already starting to be pulled on and it's just a little bit before i want like like the driver's gassing me just ever so slightly too early that's how I know when when uh, I don't want to go that high up. Like I'm rushing the finish on my turn. I wanna, I want the boat to be there when I want to finish, but I don't want it to rush me. I know? think, and I think this one, um, this, and then I'll be done on this. But I think this one might be really useful, and I, 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 I lean on you for this one. The most common thing that I hear people say when they don't like a boat is they say it feels spongy. It feels spongy, you know. And they're like, I can't tell if it's a rope. I can't tell if it's a boat. So in that scenario, is there is there a rule of thumb zero off change that you would stick to? I mean, or... if that if that were the case, I would I would go up a letter. Up a letter. I don't know why, but that that'd be yeah. mine. I, I'm not the zero off expert. I I already told you this from the beginning. I'm I am not sensitive to this kind of yeah. stuff. I I change my because I'm a ski designer. I change my setup so much. I can change my boots half an inch forward. I can change my fin a ton. I'm not bragging here. This is not a brag thing. This is reality for me. I can make these massive changes that people can't even wrap their head around and go out and yeah, on the first pass, it feels strange. And then I can adjust and I adjust so quickly that I have to actually, I have to go back and and only make my notes from that first pass, you know, or whatever that is. So, so for me, zero off changes are so minuscule in my world that I just find one, maybe experiment with another. You know, if you're consistently feeling like the boat is soft, then I would say I would go up a letter. What would you do there, Trent? Uh, yeah. So I, I think that nothing? would be my, that no, well, yeah, the answer is going to be nothing. That would be my suggestion though. If you're like, you know, if you're, if, if you cannot get comfortable with it for me, like when I, when I pull out for a gate or run my first pass at a tournament and the boat feels spongy, I'm like over the moon excited. Cause in my mind, like I'm just be like, man, I am going to, I'm going to just move through this thing and I'm not going to even try and cut hard. So it's just, it, it, you know, it, uh, it elicits something different for me. It doesn't make me panicky. It actually makes me super excited. I don't know. It's a feeling that I just love. I, I, man, I love if a rope feels soft. I love if a boat feels soft. Cause I'm just like, this isn't going to be hard work. Um, but, but, you know, I, but again, I think maybe that I don't ski with as much lean as other skiers. You know what I mean? Like I, I look at the, the, the power and just the, 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 the brute force. And as impressed, I mean, it's very impressive that Adam Caldwell takes with his approach. I'm, I'm thinking that if he felt a soft boat, he's probably not going to be as happy as I am, you know? And again, it's just a different approach. So, um, that would be my go-to though. I'd be like, you know, I'd be like, why don't you just explore just on this set? Just, you know, worry more about, about momentum and, and alignment and less about cutting hard and see if, if that, you know, allows you to move the way you want to move it. And if, if it's no, I need this support because I'm going to fall over. Um, then yeah, I'd go with you. I'd go up a, I'd go up a letter. 
practice, practice, practice. If you if you've never done something like that, and then you get to a tournament, that's not the place to try no. it. So no, you'll be fish out of water. Just just trust your system. Evaluate your system after. On the fly, very much is just inviting fear in, and and most of the time we're going to make irrational decisions that don't lead to a better outcome. Yep. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, <laughs> it, it well, it's just really interesting, like how important some things are to other people, and how how just not that it's not that high on my list. I I, I question myself as to whether I should it should be more important to me. Um, you know, the answer is I no. just, I just, I don't, I have, I mean, man, if that were the magic pill, I think I would have found that already. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, people yeah. are like, you should try this and that. And I'm like, I just don't care. I'm like, change it if you want the whole set. And then I'll be like, well, was that my original? Nope. Was this, I don't, I, I don't know which one's better. I don't know. I, I skied different. You know, I, I, I didn't have as good a gate, not because of the setting, because I didn't pull out the right way or whatever there were just so many variables so yeah anyway moving on hey here's a here's a here's one that i think we've talked about a bunch but it to me this is this is the most important factor in being able to take your skiing from you know 30 you know running consistently running 22 off to being able to run 35 off, you know, like that in that realm. And that is Z-Man posted. Um, do either of you have a thought or key as to how you come off the second wake until you release your free hand and apex, like anything that helps ah. you stay with the handle for a good swing. Yeah. So Trent, what's your, uh, What's and your keys? Like what yeah. I, this is, this is like, I mean, you and I, these are to get to be a pro level skier. This is the zone. This is one of the zones that's super important. This one for me is like, um, and again, it's going to be a kind of a sliding scale dependent upon how, how, how good everything is. So I mean, let's just start if things are great. So if things are great, and we'll, we'll just say going into two ball, we'll say, and I'm a lefty. So we're going to say going into my first offside turn. So if things are going great, meaning, you know, I had the gate I needed, you know, I didn't, I didn't skid. I didn't put on the brakes. I didn't fall out of one ball fall, meaning, you know, try to load the rope before the boat had advanced on me. So if I, if, you know, if I slide through, move through one ball perfectly, I'm going to have a center line edge change. Um, so from there, <clears throat> as my feet come through, I'm going to be just continually rising up, but about honestly, 90% of my focus is going to be, um, core engagement. Um, like, like literally ringing out my center, um, meaning, you know, engaging my abs, my core being as tight, as strong as I can there. And I feel like, you know, even on a medium pass, I feel like at that moment, I'm about 90% max exertion. Um, and again, it's not that it's a, it's not, it's not particularly dynamic, but I'm, I'm putting that much power that much strength, you know, again, feeling like about a 90% max deadlift into just keeping my core engaged. So, so my inside hip isn't going to even slightly sag back and away from the handle. Um, the better I'm skiing, the, the, the smaller that, or the, yeah, the, the shorter that order of operations becomes. So if I get that center line edge change, 
I'm going to keep my head up. I'm going to keep my, 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 my body moving in that outward direction just by rising up. And it's, it's going to be core engagement, core engagement. Oh, you know, what's really good is a lot of us don't think a lot. A lot of us pros don't think a lot about that section because we got really good at it to get to where we're at. And then it becomes this automatic move that's like happening. So I really like that mm-hmm. you were able to focus in on, you know, I ski with Mike Parsons a lot. And, and when he's the difference between him getting down at 38 or, you know, not is core engagement for him, yeah. you know, and, and we talk about that. We talk that we talk about that a lot. And for me, I don't, I don't think about my core. I don't have, I just, I, I just don't, that's not the way I approach it. But I can understand like when I do it, if I talk about it with Mike and then I go out and ski and I'm coming into whatever, let's say I'm swinging into one ball into my, my offside. If you want to just be apples to apples here, I can then, oh yeah, my, my core is real tight. My core is connected. Yeah. I I look at it as the, I want to create energy going into the center line and whatever energy that I create I need to be able to hold on to yes. through yeah. the edge change out to the buoy line. So I cannot create 120% power going into the wakes if I can only hold on to 100% of the power. That's going to, if I if there's a gap there, then I am going to get ripped to the inside because I, I took too much and that's always taken back. The center line is the optimal, you know, uh, equalizer of, of pressure. You can build more as a skier. We can build, we have more torque on the boat from the boot at the buoy line. So we can get crazy aggressive off the buoy and heading into the first wake. And then right at the center line, the boats, the boats torque on you becomes so strong that if you, you take more energy than you were supposed to, it will take it back from you. And so I believe that this is, this is the, the same way that you think about skiing and, and you think about it. And I hear you talk about that. You don't lean as much so that you might not lean as much as another person when you mm-hmm. don't, the whole point is you can only take, you can only take as much as you can hold on to. Yeah. If you have that gap, you will get destroyed. So. That's the way I look at it. Like when I'm coming off a buoy, I'm letting my arms out. I'm letting my center of mass as far off the edge as I can without having to compromise my position or put myself with too much load. Right. So I'm yeah. finding, I'm finding that spot that you just, you know, that you described earlier, that just that spot on your ski where you don't have to fear going through the wake, you know, it's like whatever that is. And, and to some it could be Robert Pagosi and, um, and you know, guys like that where you're insanely leveraged at that point. Or it could be like you and Freddie Winter who look like you're more upright, much less lean. But the point is you have to be able to hold on to that. So yeah. as I come off the buoy, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing my arms to relax. I'm allowing my body to fall off the side of my ski. I'm putting myself in a position that I can, I can feel very comfortable going through the wakes. And as I'm, as I, from when I finish the turn to center line, 
all I am really doing. I could have my eyes closed if I want, really. I'm just feeling my power meter and I know I'm, 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 I'm going to put it right to that point that I know I can maintain. And then right at center line, I'm going to then feel the power that's there. And I, it is then just my focus to basically hold on to that power and feel it pull me up out of my lean and arc me on the rope's path. You know, that's yeah, the deal. Yeah, yeah. And the easiest way to think about it for me is always rope swing. Rope yes. swing. Yeah. Okay. So you've got this rope swing. You think of, think of a big one, right? Like, you know, and you, I mean, if any of you guys are on Instagram, you've definitely seen where ro- uh, rope swing fails, you know, <laughs> where people come off the top of the thing and they got their arms so bent and they're just yep. gripped. Right. And then they get to the bottom of the rope swing and there's the pressure is so great that they just explode. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's basically the version of what I was just saying in water skiing. That would be taking way too much into the center line. And then the boat just rips you up. And then you just stand there and go straight at the buoy going way too fast on the wrong line. Right. So what we want to do is basically, you know, have your arms, same thing on the rope swing, have your arms straight, you know, Mm -hmm. like allow your body to move. The only thing that's really holding you is your grip. So that's tight, but everything else is just long and extending. And then as you come into the bottom of that rope swing, your arms are going to start to hold on to that force. You're going to feel all of that power. And you're, I mean, think about that, a long swing up after the bottom, right? Like think of you're holding on to that, like, I yes, mean, you're going to yes. be just gripped 100%. And, and, and even though, and it, it, yes. And, and the analogy works perfect because, and, and when I'm talking about, you know, even though I'm not really doing anything, I'm at like 90% exertion just to prevent movement. Because again, think of it like on that rope swing on the way down, that's really not that hard. As long as you have alignment, meaning, you know, on the rope swing, your arms are straight, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and then as it pertains to on a slalom ski, we all know about stack alignment structure, blah, blah, blah. So really down to the center line really shouldn't be the hard part. It's from the center line up that you have to be especially engaged. So I, I think of it, you know, what, what is it, what is it that I really want to have happen? People talk about moving with the handle or moving out or moving through. And really I, I want, I want the, the load, the, so the point at which the load intersects my body, I don't want that to change, you know, meaning I don't want to go from, from the load being directed through my hip and spine to all of a sudden my arms come away from my body. Now all the loads on my shoulders, cause that's going to tip me inside. And then two, I want my feet to stay underneath me for as long as possible. And those two things go hand in hand. If, if you let your arms out quickly, <clears throat> your, the, the load is going to transfer to your shoulders. You, the, it's going to lean you to the inside and your ski is going to swing out away and in front of you. Exactly. The, you know, the thing you don't want, cause that's going to limit your upward swing. And, it, and then you don't have a platform to stand on. So conversely, that's why I talk about keeping my core engaged because what I'm really trying to do is keep my posture from my waist up as perfect and as still as possible. So as my feet come through, <clears throat> the pull stays on my hips. So it's actually that that energy is actually helping me stand up and my ski is staying underneath me. So if I was going to, you know, I talked about core engagement. I want perfect posture. I want the handle to stay low so the load doesn't move. And I want you to be able to feel your body moving over top of your feet all the way to the top of the swing, as opposed to letting your ski cast to the outside before you reach your apex. Yes, 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 yes. You know who, you know, who does not relate to this, this feeling or this conversation, those that pull long. Yeah. They're going to be like, I don't understand what you're talking about. 
I don't, I can't. And, and the reason being that you cannot feel any of this if you pull long. Yeah. It's, it's, it's impossible because when you pull long, this, that's where the, the load spikes so great off the second wake that it rips you up into the inside. And there is no being connected to the line because your body's not on the tight rope. You, yeah. you got jerked up into the inside and now you're on a loose rope straight line at the buoy. And so this is why it's so important to build your, you know, for me, I talk about building my max lean at the first wake and committing to coming up, whatever that max lean be. I'm not saying be, you know, horizontal to the water, but, yeah, yeah. but max lean at the first wake, cause you're going so fast at that point. By the time you recognize you're at the first wake, you're already behind the boat. And then right there, you need to be, you need to be coming up, wrapping around with the handle. If you're still trying to go across the lake and the handle's trying to go up and towards the buoy, then you're just going to get ripped up and, and into that direction. And there's, it's an impossibility to, impossibility to ride the rope at that point. So if you're not relating to these things, maybe evaluate, where do I edge change? Oh, wow. I pull. I mean, it's the first thing I do when I watch someone ski, someone sends me a video. The first thing I do is I watch how long they're, they're edging. If they're edging, I mean, I got people who can run 35 off that are, you know, still edging five feet past the second wake. Mm-hmm. They're still, they're still going. And they're like, I don't understand why I can't control the, I get slack at the turns and I, I feel out of control. And, you know, it's like, yeah, whoa, you got to back, we got to back up. We got to build more speed into the center line and we got to build our trust up to edge change here and ride the handle path out to the buoy line. So I like the way that you gave so many, so many tidbits in there of what you should be doing, what you should be feeling. Um, I think it's going to really resonate with people, though, just those small things. And then to, to they're not small because they're, they're, they pay big rewards. Yeah, yeah. But also to understand, I think just understanding it's, it's creation of energy and harnessing the energy. That's efficiency in my book. 